5: And with that, good morning America, welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers around the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God, and yes, that means. Jesus is God in the flesh, the one and only Savior, the only one man who's ever been given the name under heaven whereby we can be saved. Just want to make sure we're talking about the same guy here, okay? (laughs) If you'd like to check us out online, Please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show that's right and see the faces made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, scroll down the right side of the page, and second video down, you see it. They actually got our, our logo up there, uh, the little white arrow with the green box. Click on that, join us, and then in the bottom corner, you'll see Rumble there. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat. we got lots of friends in there this morning as well as across some other platforms. We appreciate your support. Every morning you guys are in, and we we really do appreciate it. It's very encouraging to us uh, that you do that, as well as uh, financial support, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Um, <clears throat> right above that is Bradley's show from yesterday. If you missed that, you can still catch that. It was a good show, an uh, interview with um, a Michigan judge, and uh, we're going to see if we can have him on. Uh, I guess I'm supposed to be receiving a call back uh, to bring him on the show as well, but it's a very interesting show. So if you want to check that out, that's that's there until 3 o'clock, and then he's live uh, this afternoon at 3 p.m., all right? It, right above that is where you can sign up for our new email newsletter. We don't rent your email, sell it, or spam it. One email from us today, including the morning show archive, so all the stuff we're going to talk about today will be in that, uh, all the links and the videos and everything. Uh, by the way, if you would like, if you agree with our message and you want to support us, there's a donate button at the top of Sons of dot com. Click on that to make a one time donation, or become a partner with us, a monthly partner as a son or daughter of liberty. If you guys don't support us, we don't stay out there. Um, so we we really you know cherish your support. So um, yeah, if the Lord's leading you to do that, please jump on board with us. Also, there's a store, uh, lots of products in there, lots of great conversation starters as well as some equipping tools, so be sure and check that out as well at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Now, i got a couple of stories I want to do before I bring on a guest and just point you to over at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com just to kind of highlight. Of course, yesterday, if you missed the show yesterday, uh, count the cost to stand against the tyranny at hand. Uh, be sure to check that out. You know, I take you to Scripture as to why it's important. You don't want to start the job and not see that you got enough funds in your account to finish it. Uh, because people will mock you. And that's not a a call for you to step back from the fight. It's one to say there's some cost involved. There's cost all through history for men who stood against tyranny. And uh, so count that cost. Also at sonslibertymedia.com, Bradley's article from yesterday, if you're fighting with each other, you're fighting the wrong people, the masks don't work. Oh, my goodness. If you haven't seen the video in that... That people have lot, they've gone outside their minds here. Okay, they just they've gone outside them. I, I don't know what it is with some people, but uh, boy, they have just gone full COVID cult. And don't look, I'm going to tell you right now, the First Amendment forbids the government from establishing a religion. Right? It forbids them from doing, and yet they've done it through the COVID cult. It's all based on somebody's faith in the system that's lying to them. That's exactly what it is. Suzanne Hamner's got Pfizer's uh, Paxlo- Paxlovid. Got to get that out of my tongue early in the morning here. Uh, Pfizer's Paxlovid may be more da- may prove dangerous, just like their shots. Buyer beware. Read up on that. That the the EUA approved. Um, drug that Pfizer just put out, these little pills that they're going to be getting you with. Remember, we were told those boosters were safe and what? Effective. Yeah, the first shots. Now you got to have, I don't know, several boosters. you got to start taking these pills. They're not effective, and they certainly aren't safe. You can see that even from the VAERS reports uh, that have been put out. You were warned. Goalpost on injection status moving again. Again, uh, Suzanne Hamner's got that. Uh, out as far as what is fully vaccinated. Uh, her and Lynn also put together the, Liber- the Liberty Bells. Schools are planning lessons to twist January 6th as insurrection, as teachers' unions demand schools remain closed for Convid 1984, and they're wanting to still do the virtual schools. So be sure to check those out. And then if the January 6th rioters, quote-unquote, committed insurrection and sedition, why haven't any of them been charged with it? That's interesting, isn't it? That's from Matt Agris. That's on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And then finally, Israel's vaccination program is failing. Six months high in new cases. Yeah, it's because the tests don't work. By the way, this was something interesting uh, that I discovered. We're going to put this out on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com later today. And that is they have shown, and this was two years ago. I'm just now seeing about it, but we, I, sh- I shared with you the other day the article that Dr. Bill Smith with America's Frontline Doctors shared with us, and that is they were vaccinating cows with the same swabs, not a shot, with the swabs that they're using for the test. Now we've got a guy who's shown us, indeed, they do that. It's a doctor. Uh, I forgot his name. Give me just a second, and I'll close out this window. Um, he's from. He's pointing out that j- this is Dr. Coldwell, Dr. Leonard Coldwell, I believe is who it is. Um, he is talking about, it is, um, Johns Hopkins. Remember the guys who made the death map, the COVID death map? They're the ones who say you could do this. This was known in January of 2019. Okay. January of 2019. So we we're we'll probably hit on some of this along with some other things, uh, especially concerning our criminal government, because the traitors are inside our government. Okay, the question is, what are you and I going to do about it? What part do we play in that? And uh, here is always to, um, you know, kind of get on that topic. And I figured the music was appropriate, kind of wake him up, you know, get him pumped up for the show. And uh, so we've got Bradley Dean with us. Yeah. I told him I, was, I got the Batman music ready for you.
1: Yeah. Good morning, Tim. brother. Hey, I'm doing, well, I don't want to say I'm doing good. It's, it's supposed to be between... 25 below to 50 below here in the state of Minnesota. Burr. It's so cold in the house. It's bone chilling. It literally goes to the bone. But outside of that, we're doing good and we're glad to be here.
5: Well, it's good to have you. And uh, I, <laughs> uh, we you know, we got a lot we can talk about. And I know once we get started and everything, uh, we can continue on. And uh, I, I think there's a lot that, that can be brought up. Let me, let me throw something out at you. Because before we get to our own government, this is the guy over in Australia. And I want you to listen to what he's... And this is what we've been telling people. If we can keep complying, they're going to keep pushing. You know, you give you give an inch, they'll take a mile. You give them a rope, they want to be a cowboy. So what we want to do is, I want to play this. This is out of Australia. And don't think this isn't coming to the United States if we don't stop it now. We, we've got to stop it now. Here's what he had to say.
4: I will now go through each of these decisions. First, the lockout. The fully vaccinated can continue as they were. For people who are not vaccinated, lockdown rules will apply to everyone 16 and above. If you are not fully vaxxed, stay home. You are at greater risk of catching COVID, becoming ill and needing hospital care. You may only leave home for three reasons. Medical treatment, including COVID testing or vaccination. For essential goods and services like groceries, power tokens, medications, to provide care and support to a family member or person who cannot support themselves. You cannot travel more than 30 kilometres from your home when leaving for one of the three reasons, or the nearest practical destination. If you need to go to the hospital and it's more than 30 kilometres from your home, that's okay. The only three reasons, there, sorry, there are only three reasons to leave the home now, not five. Work is not a reason to leave the home for the unvaccinated. The oh. chief health officer has also determined that restriction of movement is critical right now and that one hour of exercise for the next four days is not essential. Remember, these restrictions only apply to those who are not fully vaccinated.
5: All right, guy, this this guy thinks he's God and that he tells you what's essential and not Here's what you Australians need to do. Every one of you need to get up and get in your car at the same time you need to schedule it and just go out and say, what are you going to do? Sure. What are you going to do? This guy needs a vaccination. Now I'm going to my my thought is <laughs> with copper lid, But the, the fact of the matter is he's telling you to take something dangerous so you won't get in the hospital. And yet, what are we saying, Bradley? We're seeing these people. What happens to them? They they get the vaccine, the shot, and then they end up in the hospital, don't they? Or they end up dead.
1: Well, we know that as a fact. If you look at health impact news, that's the fruit of exactly what we're seeing with these experimental jabs. It's also interesting to know not one of them is approved by the FDA. Not that they have any credibility, but they like to work hand in glove to put up false pretenses that what they're doing is just and right before the people that they're to serve. Um, Going back over to this tyrant in Australia, I've seen him quite a few times. He's completely emboldened. um, And it's interesting, if you look at the history of tyrants, These tyrants need to take a step back and understand that you can oppress a people for only so long before they respond. Uh, We could ask uh, King Charles and Cromwell's time. We can ask those in uh, uh, Benito Mussolini's time. And it's just a matter of time before the people wake up to his uh, intent and purposes, because we know exactly what he's doing. This is a genocide, Tim. And if people don't want to open their eyes up and see it for what it is, well, it's coming to your front door. Amos six three, and it's just a matter of time before it does. And I've said this for years: either you deal with corruption in governments, or they are going to continuously forge the. They're going to continuously forge the chains of the people that continuously submit to them. So there is no in betweenites here. Either we serve God or we serve the tyrants. Period.
5: Yep, that's exactly right. Now, I, I want to get onto some things going on in our government uh, besides just the, the shots and things here. By the way, we're going to be at uh, Chick-fil-A Gaffney tomorrow morning from 11 to 2. If you want to join us, that's at 1704 West Floyd Baker Boulevard in Gaffney, South Carolina. I'll have the link up in the Morning Show archive. But if you want to join us, bring your own signs. We're going to make some signs. We're going to have some. Um, I don't. It may just be me and RC who show up. I don't know. But if, if I'd love to meet some of you people, but if you want to join us, you can do that. Bring your own signs and stay on the sidewalk. Don't park on their premises. OK, uh, I got some good news yesterday that I'm not going to share on the, the air uh, just out of some respect for ha- the way I got it. OK, but it's good news from Chick-fil-A. And so I'm I'm happy about that. Let's just let's let's take it to the tyrannical edicts that even corporations are passing down, even though. There's no authority for the mandates to come down from unconstitutional agencies like OSHA. Okay, so with that said, you know, yesterday you played um, a Ted Cruz, and I didn't find the video. I was going to play that first so I could give what what happened. Now, now he's walking back his talk. You want to tell people a little bit about the video that you played of Ted Cruz uh, there on
1: your show well, yesterday? As a matter of fact, it was uh, broadcasted by Red Voice Radio. And what they highlighted or headlined the article was Ted Cruz goes full rhino. Well, if you want to play that game, I don't know how many times I've dismantled the right-left paradigm. It's set up to divide the American people, Mark 325. And if you don't want to listen to that, you're going to continuously have the likes of a Ted Cruz in your face that's playing the game. Well, all the while, you know that he doesn't work for We the People, but he works for special interest groups. Well, just yesterday, he gets up on uh, television, and oddly enough, he sits there and talks about impeachment concerning uh, Biden's case. And then on the other hand, he starts calling all the people that showed up in January, January 6th, as full-blown terrorists. And people need to understand who the terrorists are here because we know all the well. And I highlighted this yesterday as well, Tim, that the uh, feds are finally admitting to running secretive DOJ commandos at January 6th protests. That's right. So federal government is behind what took place on January 6th. But here you have one of the best that's being served up that you have in government calling the American people the terrorists when, in fact, we all the while knew it was the federal government engineering these terrorist attacks in the first place. Nothing new under the sun, Tim, and it's exactly what happened in the 30s. It's exactly what's happening here today.
5: Yeah, exactly. Now, here's here's what I want to do. I'll give you a little, little rest here, and you can get fired up over this one. It seems that he's doing a little different dance when he's called out about it. This runs about seven minutes or so, but I, I want to play it so people can get – The idea. So I'm glad you you were able to set that up. I want you to get the idea of once he's called out, watch the double talk that takes place. All right. This is from uh, Tucker Carlson. I I guess this was last night. Uh, Here it is. So we played this tape
3: for you last night. We were surprised by it. We prefaced it by saying every conservative appreciates Ted Cruz because he's one of the smartest and most articulate people in the Congress, and he's conservative. Blah 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 blah. But he referred publicly to what happened on January 6th as "quote a violent terror attack." Here it is.
2: We are approaching a solemn anniversary this week, uh, and it is an anniversary of a violent terrorist attack on the Capitol, where we saw the men and women of law enforcement demonstrate incredible courage, open the doors, incredible bravery. Welcome, everybody. uh, Risk their lives uh, to defend the men and women who serve in this Capitol.
3: Senator Cruz was game enough to come on tonight. We appreciate that. He joins us now. Senator, thanks so much for coming on. So I guess what I I mean, there are a lot of dumb people in the Congress. You're not one of them. I think you're smarter than I am. Uh, And you never use words carelessly. Um, And yet you called this a terror attack when by no definition was it a terror attack. That's a lie. You told that lie on purpose. And I'm wondering why you did.
2: Exactly. Well, Tucker, thank you for having me on when you aired your episode last night. I, I sent you a text shortly thereafter and said, listen, I'd like to go on because uh, the way I phrased things yesterday, it, it was sloppy and, and it was, frankly, dumb. And, I don't and buy that. Result, whoa,
3: whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I don't oh, buy oh. that. Look, I've known you a long time since before you went to the Senate. You were a Supreme Court contender. You take words as seriously as any man who's ever served in the Senate. And every word you repeated that phrase, I do not believe that you used that accidentally.
2: That's right. You he was
5: bootlicking. That's what okay. he was doing. So,
2: Tucker, as a result of my sloppy phrasing, it's caused a lot of people to misunderstand what I meant. Let me tell you what, what I meant to say. What I was referring to are, are the limited number of people who engaged in violent attacks against police officers. Now I think you and I both agree that if you assault a police officer, you should go to jail. That's Unless that I was police officer about. is and assaulting you. The reason the phrasing was sloppy is I have talked dozens, if not hundreds of times. I've drawn a distinction. I wasn't saying that the thousands of peaceful protesters supporting Donald Trump are somehow terrorists. I wasn't saying the millions... of of, of patriots across the country supporting President Trump are terrorists. And that's what a lot of people have misunderstood that comment. Wait a second, but even you wait, but hold on. What you just said doesn't make sense. So if somebody assaults
3: a cop, he should be charged and go to jail. I couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. We have said that for years. But that person's still not a terrorist. How many people have been charged with terrorism on January 6th? Like, why'd you use that word? You're playing into the other side's characterization that, as Joe Kent just explained, allows them to define an entire population as foreign combatants. And you know that. So why'd you do so, it?
2: So, Tucker, let me answer you directly. The, the reason I use that word for a decade, I have referred to people who violently assault police officers as terrorists. I've done so over and over and over again. If you look at all the assaults we've seen across the country, I've called that terrorism over and over again. That being said, Tucker, I agree with you. It was a mistake to say that yesterday. And the reason is what you just said. Which is, we've now had a year of Democrats in the media twisting words and trying to say that all of us are terrorists. Trying to say you're a terrorist, I'm a terrorist, and so look, I don't like people who who assault cops, and and, and I well, stand course. up and defend cops. And, and the reason I use that word is that's the word I've always used for people that violently attack cops. And it's the but wrong in this term. context. I get why people were angry, because we've had a year of the corrupt corporate media and Democrats. Claiming anyone who, who objected to, to the election fraud. And by the way, remember what was happening during wait, wait, those wait, 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 protests wait. Can, can I just ask, hold on, you work in this, I just, I guess I just don't believe you.
3: And I mean that with respect because Amen. I have such respect for your acuity and your precision. And I've seen it on display. I've covered you as a reporter. I know how you speak. And you have sat there for a year and watched people use language to distort the events of that day, intentionally.
2: Insurrection, coup, and, and of course, it terrorism, insurrection. Saying it's an insurrection is a political term. It's a lie. I've repeatedly so is terrorist it. And 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 when it comes to look, I was focusing on what I normally say. That what you aired was a little fifteen second snippet. What I normally say is violence is wrong, peaceful protest is right. If you engage in violence, you should be prosecuted. Sometimes if violence you're speaking, is right. You have a right to speak. I right. say that all the
5: time. Well, I, I meant didn't and say I agree. Snippet. Okay. All right. So you guys get the gist of what's going on there, and you know, love him or hate him, with t- he's right to call. Co- I just don't believe you. Uh, because he knows how he operates. Bradley, how about giving people the actual definition of what terrorism is and why Ted Cruz is wrong to say, okay, if you attack a cop, um, you know, without provocation, because sometimes, look, defending yourself and fighting a cop is warranted, uh, because some of them are just little tyrants themselves. But can you give people the proper definition of what terrorism is and why Ted Cruz is using it wrong here?
1: Well, if you go to Oxford's English... Uh, original definition of terrorism. It's government by intimidation. And that's exactly why they're sending in the brown shirts to act in such a fashion. They're creating the domestic insurrection, and then they're blaming their political opposition. This is easy to see. Uh, the the uh, agencies that have been used have been exposed over and over and over again. But yet again, the American people stand back the next time it happens, and they try to figure out who's responsible for it. And then we see the mainstream media step into play and blame again their lone wolf or their political opposition to browbeat them down into submission. And and the American people need to put a stop to the unconstitutionality of these agencies that are set up to do so. We know that during January 6th, uh, because I've had it happen to me, they were busing in paid provocateurs. We know this through eyewitnesses that are our friends that were there as well. Why wouldn't Ted Cruz highlight that kind of information? Why wouldn't he call it out on the floor? Because Ted Cruz, just like the Silver Knight back in Mr. Smith goes to Washington, the movie that was very, uh, very, uh, what do I want to say? It was a great exposition in the twenties concerning the corruption in government then. And by the way, the said uh, setting congressmen and senators and representatives did not want that movie released. And I'm saying this for a purpose, Because during the movie, you could see that one of the senators was controlled at every step of the way. He did what he was told because he was extorted. And if he didn't, he was ousted. Ted Cruz simply did yesterday exactly what he was told to do. And until the American people figure out that Ted Cruz does not work for us, but he works for those that are continuously pulling his strings Nothing's going to change here. Ted Cruz is a part of the establishment that everybody claims that they're sick and tired of. And the fact of the matter is, friends, terrorism comes in different forms. But we better understand as to who the terrorists are before it's too late.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. I've seen it since I've been doing this stuff around 2012 or so. And I would tell people about Mitt Romney. I would say, here's his past. We did it with Donald Trump. We say, here's this. Here's what he's been. Uh, if he has some come-to-Jesus moment and he's born again, well, that should be pretty evident. It, you shouldn't have to have somebody else tell it. It's going to be very apparent in your lifestyle. People don't want to look, oh, you're a Democrat, oh, you're a liberal, oh, you're a commie. Oh. But then they become your friends when the other you know, political opposition gets in, in play. And they say, oh, yeah, yeah, go with them. And they say, why do you pick on these these Republicans, was because you already know the other guys are bad guys. It's trying to convince you that the guys you think are the good guys are the bad guys. And, you know, I think Jesus did the same thing when he was pointing out how the Pharisees behaved. They were set up as the good guys against the Sadducees. That's what I said, because the Pharisees were, you know, they believed in eternal life, and they believed in Yahweh, and the Sadducees didn't believe in that, and they didn't believe in angels and demons. That's why they're sad, you see. And so he pointed them out, and he called them out, because they were the ones the people looked at as the good guys. And we're doing the same thing. We're, we're saying, look, you can't be doing that. And you're exactly right. We had uh, this article up this week. The feds oh. admit running secretive DOJ commandos at the January 6th protest. Now, here's the question. Who's, who's the real terrorist here? That's right. Who's the real terrorist?
1: And how are they to be dealt with? No. Well, here's the fact of the matter. Uh, the fingerprints are all over our our government. And I'm talking about corruption in government. The institution of government is God-ordained, and we love it. As a matter of fact, we're standing on the side of good government. We had a good judge, a sitting judge yesterday, and uh, again, we praise God for good government because if we didn't have good government, we wouldn't be here today. But Americans need to understand that we are the government, and we need to take the terrorists by the throat and deal with them appropriately and execute upon them the judgment that God commands us. Because without that, our constitutional republic will go for a thing of naught. I don't know how many different ways to say it. I've reiterated this point a million times. You don't need to be a scholar to figure this out. Common sense comes into play. And here's the thing. Let me go back to uh, uh, the conversation between Tucker Carlson and Ted Cruz. It's quite interesting that uh, Ted Cruz would have Tucker's uh, personal cell phone number that he can just text him at any given time to be on his show. I'd like that phone number too. Um, but with that said, it, it's, it's interesting to me that uh, Ted would be called up to be answering for something that he said on national television. And yet people look at him and take him for face value, even when he takes a step back. But if we look at the fruit of what Ted has left undone I can tell you this right now. He's giving cover for those that are, in fact, destroying this constitutional republic right now. So if they come in in soft tyranny or hard tyranny, it doesn't matter. Tyranny is tyranny. And what's being left off here, Tim, is justice every given step of the way. And Ted Cruz is one of the main players heading that injustice system up right now. Yeah,
5: and, you know, I had questions about, obviously, he's not a natural-born citizen because he was born in Canada. Uh, His mother may have been a citizen. His father was not. Uh, They have to actually—we did some digging in that before where when he was running for president— Uh, Because if I'm going to call out Barack Hussein, Obama, Satoru Sabarka, I'm going to call out the other guys like Rubio's anchor baby and uh, Ted Cruz, who was if he even was. We never even got many of the people in his own state don't even think he's a citizen because we never got the paperwork that his mother would have to fill out, which is by an act of Congress, which does not make him a natural born citizen. It makes him a naturalized citizen. But we haven't even seen any of that. Then he's got a wife who was working for the Council of Foreign Relations to put together the economic side of the North American Union, which we now know as the USMCA, which Donald Trump sold us out to as far as our sovereignty uh, under Mexico, Canada, and the U.S. And that's going to be a, a government unto itself, believe it or not. And we warned people about this. Ted Cruz was a part of that. People didn't like us calling out Heidi for that. But if she'd have been a stay-at-home mom taking care of her kids— I would, have, I would have said anybody, she's off limits. She's doing what she ought to do, and that's great. She, she ought to do that. But when she's involved in those things, she's a target too. But he has been a part of that in doing those things. So it isn't just Ted Cruz. It isn't just some of you know Donald Trump or any of these other people. Uh, it, it's the lot of them who don't come and they bring the things. For instance, you had the article up the other day. We were talking about 200 members of Congress uh, going to to join in in this lawsuit against Joe Biden and his mandate. But the the Constitution knows nothing of that. It actually says, hey, if this guy is acting out of place, you're supposed to impeach him. And then after you impeach him, you should be looking to prosecute him for the crime that he committed.
1: What's going on there? Well, they're circumventing justice once again, and they're showing you exactly who they are. Tim, let let me put it this way. What good are they if they don't know how to tell the truth? And, And here's the way to weigh this whole situation out in the light of Scripture, Isaiah 26, 9. Which one of them has drawn up the articles of impeachment? Which one of them has called out Joe Biden for treason outside of Donald Trump for a year and a half? on the presidential campaign trail who failed to prosecute Joe Biden, only team Joe Biden up for what he's doing now. As a matter of fact, everybody's complaining about Joe Biden right now. Wait a second. Who, started, who put the this whole game into play concerning this pandemic? Donald Trump did, and Donald Trump has taken it upon himself to call himself the father of the vaccine. He's not hiding from any of this. He's still promoting it, and he's still got idolaters following him around, listening to every word he has to say, though that is beginning to diminish, and I praise God for that. But again, Tim, it just reverts back to if you want to know who the good guys are, where are the articles of impeachment, there are the good guys, and which one seeks to prosecute Joe Biden for treason? Which one? And if you would just ask your viewers on social media platforms that question, you're going to notice that your lines will not light up. That's how corrupt your government is. And that's exactly what we're trying to get to the bottom of right now, because once the American people take a responsibility before God and bringing about the justice that our said representatives fail to bring, that's what, in fact, is going to preserve us. I was just reading Jeremiah last night, and the Lord said, just give me one man. Just one man yep. that's to do the right thing. And he couldn't find them. He couldn't find them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, you know, and then it's being pitched up already. And you
5: know it as well as I do. Well, we need a red wave. No, we need one of these waves. We need people who, who are, are going to stick to the law. They're going to stick to the law and the prophets and uh, and specifically dealing with our political uh people here the the people who are supposed to represent us we're gonna to have to hold them to the constitution they're the ones who take the oath we don't take the oath to that they do and they got to be held to it and i i think that's the mindset of getting people out of is to think the political party they vote for is somehow going to change that they've got to get in the mindset of wait a minute if you're red, blue, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, or any other party, or whatever the case may be, if you're violating your oath of office, which is to the Constitution, and you're infringing on our rights, then you're, you're, you're becoming an enemy of the people. You're not a friend of the people. You're not a representative of, the, of them. And so I totally agree. You know, we could also talk about the, just the righteous when you're talking about using one man. We can look back to somebody like David. Here's a whole army of Israel up against one guy. Now, he's a big guy, but up against one guy, they're all cowering. They don't get together and say, we can whip this dude together. They don't do that. They're cowering in fear. And here's this little shepherd boy. I have this picture of David as being this little kind of shrimp guy, but he's probably, he's probably well-toned, no body fat and all that. But I, I get this picture that he's this little guy, and he comes out and he's like, who is this guy that he's gonna defy the armies of God? And he goes out and he challenges him. I'm gonna take you down in the name of the Lord. You got your spear, you got your swords, you got your 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 armor on. I'm gonna take you down in the name of the Lord, I'm gonna cut your head off, I'm gonna feed your body to the um, your carcass to the, the birds. And he did it. It was one little guy, and all the armies of Israel wouldn't even stand up to him, and yet we look like we're pretty much in the same kind of situation
1: here in the United States. Well, praise God. What an opportunity we have, Tim, because that's exactly how I look at it. uh, In the fact of the matter so you're talking about 1 Samuel 17. I want to take that story a step further uh, because the first thing on the way in, Eli, his brother, David's brother said, we know your pride. So they started to accuse him because they were jealous of the fact that David was willing to do what they were unwilling to do. They were doing nothing but magnifying the crimes of Goliath and him defying the armies of the living God. But here comes this little stripling, and he's willing to take him right in. And he says to Saul, listen, the Lord already used me to take out a bear. He used me to take out a lion. He's he's raised me up for such a time as this. And I'm not even thinking twice about the fact that I can take this, this giant down as well. Well, when he got out onto the field, he didn't go out there in doubt. He went out there in confidence, Proverbs 28. Strong is the confidence of those that fear the Lord. And what did he do? He took it right to him. And what people need to understand is David didn't stop there after he threw that stone that sunk into his forehead. David went over onto the top of the body of Goliath the way that the American people need to do concerning the mainstream media and corrupt politicians. David took the sword of Goliath. And he took that sword and cut off Goliath's head. If we don't do that and understand what David just did there metaphorically, We're going to lose what we have, friends. And what we're trying to do is prevention is better than cure. We're trying to do everything in our power given unto us by the grace of God to give you the information that you need to make sure that what happened in Germany, what happened in Italy, what happened in China, what's happening in other countries right now isn't going to happen here. But if you're looking to the method that man brings, I can tell you right now it's not going to work. We see that man has brought us to the place that we are at now. So if we refuse to listen to what the Lord said in bringing judgment upon the heads of the wicked, again, we're going to lose it. But if we obey him, we're going to gain it. And that's what I look forward to. I want to see the God of Moses. So therefore, if we we, we want to see the God of Moses, we want to see the God of David, Gideon, so on and so forth, then let's do what they said. Let's do what they gave forth. Let's follow their example, Hebrews 13, 7. That would be our wisdom in the sight of the nations, Deuteronomy 4, 6 right now, to obey the living God. And I think that would fall to all of us.
5: Well, I agree. You know, the Bible talks about justice and righteousness surrounds the throne of God. Uh, If he believes in that so much, and you know, this is part of of what gets watered down with the modern gospel too. It wants to say, Jesus loves you and has a, a great plan for your life. Well, if you're one of his, yes, he does. There's no question he does. But the fact of the matter is sinners in their state Of sinfulness, of their deadness in sin, as Ephesians uh, chapter two tells us, those who act in such a fashion—wait a minute, your—the command to you is from the King. It isn't from Tim or it isn't from Bradley or any other preacher. It's from the King. We're just the ambassadors bringing the King's word, and that is that you have to repent of your sins. You've got to you've got to abandon that. You've got to say no to that. And say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to follow the Lord Jesus. And I, I went through that uh, in the show yesterday, where Jesus says you have to deny yourself to the point where your love for Him looks like hate for everybody who's close to you. And then you got to take up the instrument of death. You got to take up the cross, man, and you got to bear it. And that means you're going to face the same things that Jesus did. They spat on Him. They mocked Him. They ridiculed Him. They smacked Him. They they beat. It. You got to be willing to face those things. Who wants to face? that. I don't want to face that. I don't think you want to face that, but that could be the cost that we that we go to when we bear the cross. And I just, I don't see some of these politicians willing to bear the cross on the behalf of the people to see it through to do the
1: right thing. Tim, when I, when I think, I'm, I'm thinking what you're talking about, and I'm thinking about what is the resolve. I think one of the great wonders to me is how millions of people will sacrifice themselves in disobedience to God and obedience to one man that is destroying them. Doesn't it make more sense? Just common sense. Maybe this is just the mind of Christ in me, but I have never for the life of me understood how one person can wield the control over the millions to their own destruction. To me, that's shameful. It's embarrassing. And common sense comes into play that, listen, If our government is not going to magnify the law against the criminals, then we better undergird. I've I've heard it said, if the law fails to serve us, then we must serve as the law. And Tim, that's where we're at today. Folks, that's where we're at today. And again, keep in mind, when you look at the preamble to the U.S. Constitution, once again, We, the people, are the government in this country. And it's interesting. I have it in front of me right now, Tim, because I was going uh, to make reference to what you were talking about concerning um, those that serve. We, the people, must be natural born in Article 2, Section 1, Clause 15. But going back to the U.S. uh, preamble, it's interesting. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, it, it always comes back to the same thing. You want to resolve Americans? then do what it says. The scriptures tell us in Psalm 97 that righteousness and judgment is the very habitation of the throne of God. A fire before him and burns up his enemies. And then if you go down a little bit in Psalm 97, you'll see that it says, you that love the Lord hate evil and love that, which is good. He didn't say play with evil. No, no, listen, if we're born of the spirit of God, Romans 5, 5, we're going to hate what the Lord hates and we're going to love what the Lord loves. And if we truly love the Lord, then we're going to do it his way. And we're not going to try to do it man's way any longer because man has failed us every step of the way.
5: Yeah, you know, I played a a little clip the other day and probably I should bring that up because it's a message for the new year. And that was a, I I thought for the guy, let me just see if I can do that for a second. There was a guy um, and he, somebody had sent me the video and it was only one minute. And so we've taken this week to really at least, on the morning show to kind of, and I know you do it in the afternoon show too, but to really push what this guy was talking about. And um, I'm going to see if I can pull it up real quick, but he's talking about some of what you're saying there. The problem is people want, I think people want to do something. It's just half the time they don't know what to do. It's and him. it's because,
1: Hank, yeah, go ahead. into this conversation. I, I, I just told you the other day, there is nothing about what I'm doing right now wherefore I applied for this position. Yep. I'm responding to the call of God and seeking his face, who him and him alone can only tell me and show me what it is that I'm supposed to do. When I was when I first got saved, it was about a year and a half process. I had a youth pastor call me up and ask me at a prosperity church of all places. If I would give my testimony to the teen challenge boys. And I said, absolutely, I would do it. I went upstairs. And what I listened to is I listened to this youth pastor. Talk about how he's going to reach into the young, younger generation of kids in public schools. And I listened to it week after week. Month after month for about six months, I could take take it no longer. I was straight out of the world. I understood what it was like to be those kids in public school, and I was trying to figure out why this pastor who loves God so much did nothing but talk about what needed to be done. I simply stepped into a position, and I know it was the Lord. I simply stepped into a position to do what I was not qualified to do because he is the qualifier, and that's exactly what he does. He sends you to school the school of hard knocks, and then he qualifies you in the process that you might be ready for a people to hear the word of God. Well, it started out one year with one school. Then it went to three. The next year, it was three schools. Uh, And then after that, it was nine schools. And then it went into 100 schools, then to 300 schools, then to 364 schools in 25 different states. I didn't apply for that job. I, I wasn't Uh, I I wasn't the right guy for the job. I'm not the right guy for national radio. I'm not the right guy to be doing interviews on Fox or CNN or MS, whatever the case might be. I'm not qualified to do that. He is. And what the Lord does is he takes a man that doesn't know that he can't do it. He equips him to do it because he's the man that's going to get the job done. And that's what people need to understand. Well, I can't do this. You know, one more point I'd like to make is so people understand, you know, my wife says, you know, I've never seen you nervous before any of your events. Now, we've done about 2,500 together over the last 21 years. And I said, there's not an event that I haven't done where I haven't been nervous because I understand how unqualified I am to do the things that I'm doing. But once I step in in obedience to God, all of a sudden here comes that anointing And there's that new man. It's like it's like John and Peter. where the Pharisees looked at him and said they're unlearned and ignorant men. But they perceived that they were with Jesus, and that's exactly where men are to find their faith. So for those that are watching the show right now, those that are listening to your radio broadcast, you need to understand that until a man becomes nothing, God can use. He can't use him. He's got to become nothing so God can build him up in Christ. And once he's built up in Christ. You can't see it with the natural eye until you actually step in obedience to Christ, because the Bible says, as he is, so are we. The spirit is not disobedient, and the Bible tells us that the the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. We have to get out of ourselves and step into the call of God and let him qualify us for his service. That's where the church, we should all be saying the same things, because we're weak men. When we're weakest, he's strongest, and that's real grace. Yep, yeah, I
5: totally agree. Now, this is the this is the video I play. It's only about 58 seconds. But I think this guy hits on it because the the the, the preachers across America—we've seen them. Many have been faithful, and I don't want to—I don't want to take away from those who've been who've been faithful. Usually, they're in the, the smaller cities and the smaller churches and things of this nature. They they just don't know to go any other way except to be faithful because that's what's been passed down to them. But even in smaller cities, I can tell you about churches right around me uh, here in rural South Carolina that are just as gone off the rails from what the Scripture says. One of them is right here beside me. Uh, They had just gone off and and ignore what Scripture says about certain things. This guy has it, I think, as a message both to the, the, the preachers in America as well as those who claim that they are followers of Jesus. Listen to this guy.
0: Here's one of my biggest concerns for 2022. I have little doubt that the political progressives in our nation have overplayed their hand and that they're cruising for a bruising in 2022. However, my concern is that the majority of our population may turn from progressive ideologies back to conservative virtues and values, but not turn back to Christ. Here's the problem with that. God will not be mocked. A man will reap what he sows. You cannot deny Christ and expect to enjoy the wine of his vineyard. We do not need mere politicians. We need Preachers, those who preach Christ crucified, Christ resurrected, Christ ascended, and Christ ruling and reigning over every realm of human life and society. Conservative secularism is still secularism. It may die more slowly, but it will die. We need Christ. Happy New Year's.
5: All right. And that's, uh, I think his name is Joel Webin. Um, But I, I think he hit on something there. You know, he kind of gave the political language at first, but then he clarified what he means by that. We don't need more, quote-unquote, Republicans. We need Christians. We need real believers who believe that Christ is king, and they're going to follow him, and they're going to put that king up in front of the people.
1: The best way to, to bring about the resolve, Tim, is just to lead the way. Um, If you try to turn around and prop everybody up, it doesn't work. Just go out there and do what the Lord has commanded you to do, and you're going to see people come out of the woodwork. And it's usually the people that you wouldn't expect that are willing to take on the call of God. I mean, look at David's discontented men. Look at Jesus's uh, stinky fishermen. I mean, they were unqualified every step of the way, but those are the ones that the Lord qualified. I guess that's the theme I'm on today by the Holy Ghost. But the point is this. Jesus continuously warned us about the leaving of the Pharisees and the leaving of government. I would even take it a step further than that. I mean, we need need people that have been through the school of hard knocks, that have suffered the abuse of Saul's corrupt government, because there's a lot of that going on. In America today that are sick and tired of being sick and tired that are going to take the Lord at his word in simplicity as a child and they're going to take the Lord to task in a good way I speak as a man taking the Lord to task in other words Lord we want all that you promised us in hopes that we might be restored as a country. Um, But I just got to, if I can just say, Tim, because I'm just going with the Holy Ghost here, I can tell you right now we're going into judgment and it's going to get heavier and it's going to get heavier and it's going to get heavier. I'm talking about the aftermath after this purge because we're going into a purge. There's no way we're going to get out of it. Uh, Yesterday, I was reading the book of Jeremiah once again. And as I was going through it, I'm on chapter 12 right now. And everything that the Lord told Jeremiah to tell the people is exactly what this ministry has said to the people a thousand times over. And the Lord said, listen, Jeremiah, don't even pray for them anymore. I'm not going to bring them. I'm going to go to a a different remnant, and I'll raise up who I'll raise up, and I'm going to put down and judge who I'm going to judge. And that's why we are in the position that we are, is because there's so many people that have been called to do the will of God that have refused it. And um, so here we are today, because they don't want to do it the Lord's way, they want to do it man's way, because they want to be diplomatic, because they don't want to stir up the pot. Well, let let me tell you this, folks, you cannot bring, look at your look to your enemies right now. They'll teach you. If you want to change the future, you're going to have to trouble the present. The difference between the righteous and the unrighteous, Ezekiel forty four twenty three, uh, are those that are law abiding and fulfilling the law, Romans three thirty one, doing the will of God. We're establishing and magnifying the law of our constitutional republic under God. Those are the righteous your enemies are tearing down the U S constitution through their lawlessness and the self-proclaimed righteous are sitting back and watching the criminals do what they do. Um, and, and how do you, how do you show mercy to a nation that refuses to take heed to the living God? Jonah 2:8 tells us that they have that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Well, you've got plenty of truth, Americans. And, and Tim, It also came to the point where the Lord said to those people that heard radio show after radio show, and they've been told the truth of the word of God. The Lord said to Jeremiah, don't pray for them anymore. I'm going to judge those people. Don't pray for them anymore. And I'll tell you what, all of those people out there right now that are listening to us and watching us, you need to understand that this is the love of God as to what I'm going to share with you now. The love and kindness to God is to lead us to repentance. If we refuse that mercy, the only thing that we can face at that point is his judgment. So it always falls to the people to respond to the living God. And if they don't want to respond to him, he must judge. Either we live for the blood or we're going to be condemned by the blood. Either we're going to live according to the blessings or we're going to read the curses. Ebal and Gerizim is what it tells us in the book of Deuteronomy. So it's our call as to how we re- want to respond. But what I see, Tim, is I personally am about uh, sick and tired of being sick and tired of getting on my radio program. And that's not saying I'm frustrated and I'm done with the people. No, I love people. But I'll tell you what, the biggest problem in ministry is people that don't listen to their own demise. Right. right. How- People are going to stand there on judgment day and say, Lord, I didn't know. I didn't know. And the Lord's going to look back at them and say, No, no, no. You knew because I sent faithful ministers to you to warn you to flee from the wrath to come, Second Corinthians five. And yet you still refused. You, not only did you lose your country, not only are your post, not only is your posterity now enslaved, but now you're going to be judged for what you left off. That's a different way to look at Scripture, friends. But I'll tell you what, it is solid in Scripture as to what I just revealed to you.
5: That's exactly right. And I know there's probably, we have some people who are not believers, and they say, well, I I don't know about all that. And they say, well, go read Deuteronomy 28 for yourself. Go read Leviticus 26 for yourself. Go read the book of Revelation for yourself. See if it is not lining up with that. Now, you're going to have to have the Spirit of God to open your eyes in that, because the Bible says that the carnal man cannot understand the things of God I mean, he cannot, it's an, it's an ability you don't have, but I can tell you this, you can read it and you can at least see what it says, whether you comprehend it to the point where you submit to the God who sent it or not. And uh, I think it's very clear.
1: Let me insert into what you had just said there, because it's true what you said, you're talking about 1 Corinthians 2.14. That's true. But isn't it interesting, the Lord always gave us natural parables. That's right. Examples and metaphors, so we might understand the things of the spirit. Unless you're blind, unless you in this country, unless you have your finger over your eyeball and you both your ears plugged, there's no way that you cannot understand the simplicity of the cross of Jesus Christ because I give the understanding through the natural. All day long through those that are six feet under the ground that paid the ultimate sacrifice to give us the freedoms that we have fighting against a tyrant in a third world country that we have now succumbed to somehow or another. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about them, but how they have now succumbed to those tyrants that our our veterans fought against. Now they're submitting to their posterity is now submitting to them in such a fashion in their own backyards. There's no excuse for the American people, Tim. And and the Lord's not gonna judge a people that are going to be um, in a position where they didn't know. He's going to judge that nation just like he will America, and he is America, because we have a knowledge of the truth, and the American people have refused to return to the living God, and that is exactly why we are in the position that we're in today, Tim. Exactly.
5: Yeah, that's right. Uh, Bradley, you want to hang on? We'll carry it over a little bit. You want to do that? Absolutely. Okay, all right. you got about 30 seconds here. Tell people where they can find out more about you. Um, well <laughs> really yeah.
1: thirty so seconds, Liberty, man. Um Sons of We're on from two to three uh Five days a week, central standard Time, and on Saturdays. We're on from two to four. And uh, I do the afternoon show. Tim does the morning show. And, and Tim, by the way, thanks for having me again today, uh, bro. I really appreciate it. I really do.
5: No, it's my pleasure. I, I think that people enjoy having Batman on the show with Robin. And so uh, that that's a good thing. And I think it's uplifting. I think it's exer- ex. ex- You exhort people, you comfort people in the old-style word, and that's what we need. Guys, we'll be back in the morning Friday, or Saturday, 8 a.m. with Kate Shimarani. Don't miss that, and then catch Bradley today at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. See ya. All right, we want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. If you guys haven't jumped over on Rumble or beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there, dlive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. We're also on Twitch at Setting Brushfires, and then if you got a Roku device, we're on Cutting Edge TV over there. So all of well, Cutting Edge is is offline now, but uh, normally we're on there. And I I always forget to some sometimes throw all that stuff out. But we're on a number of different platforms and we appreciate you guys hanging over with us. All right, Bradley, I didn't, I, you know, when, once you get going, once you, you know, we get you cranked up a little bit there, we don't want to turn you loose too quickly right at the end of the show. So, uh, what's something else that's gone on this week that you've, that you've had to address that you feel is part of what the conversation is that we have going on this morning?
1: Well, um, well. yesterday we had a judge on. Tim, you want to kind of cover that a little bit, or do you think that's a little premature?
5: No, go ahead. I, I actually mentioned that right at the first of the, the show, but go
1: ahead. Well, we had a judge on, on the show yesterday, and uh, if, if I can be so candid as to kind of share some of our conversation, Tim, um, I, I would greatly appreciate it, um, with your permission.
5: That's why you're on, man. Go ahead.
1: Okay, I appreciate that. <laughs> yep. Um Yesterday after we had Judge Boonstra on and and keep in mind that was unsolicited and I get these books all day long from people, but I did notice his book and I called him up, he sent me a little note, he told me to give him a call. Um, And he's out of Michigan, and as you well know, we're going to be there next week. We, we, we—I don't know what's going on there, but we are being called up by politician after politician after politician there to come and preach the uncompromising word of God, which I'm happy about and good for them. Kudos to those uh, said want to be representatives or those that are incumbent right now. Um, But, but what I did is I I took him on. I knew he's from Michigan. And I knew I read a little bit of his book. I didn't have time to read 500 pages. And I guess that was one of three volumes. And I know that's what judges do. They do their research. And me understanding this, you know, the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights and and the U.S. Constitution uh, probably equated to that of a child's understanding. It's so simple to understand. Well, what we did is we brought him up on the radio show yesterday, and I'm glad we did. He's a super sweetheart of a guy. And we just kind of went through parts of his book. And at first it was a it was a little bumpy in the sense of not bumpy like it sounded stupid or you don't know what you're doing. None of that. It was just like I'm not flowing yet. I gotta get in, I gotta make it real, because if it's not real and it's just surfaced, I'm not that surface guy. Uh, I gotta go to the heart, not the head. And uh, so what we did is we just kind of went over his book just a little bit. And I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to go in here and ask him some questions. I don't want to get him off script in the sense of what he wants to share because he's talking about his book, which was uh, that's why we brought him on. But I I had some serious questions to ask him once we started going through the show. And after he made comments or responses to the things that I was asking him and I started getting flags that were going up in the conversation, did it surprise me a little bit because of the content of his book? It did. I thought he had more of an understanding of the Constitution than what he did. And I'm not demeaning him. But so just just to take it and stop right there for a moment, what I did is I started noticing some of the things he said. So I started asking him some real questions and when I started to ask some of those real questions, I started getting unconstitutional answers. So I had to go in a little bit deeper. And I have I had the judge right in front of my face. And I could see if his face got red. I could see uh, how sensitive he was on certain topics. I knew when I was uh, taking him outside of his comfort zone, I could I could see it, I could feel it, and I could discern it all. And I didn't want to break him in front of anybody. And one of the things I did is I got on the phone after the show, and I'll come back to more of this in a minute, but I just said to Tim, you know, this is what I see that just took place here on the show and what transpired. And Tim said, well, this is what I would have done, and this is what I would have done, and we always soundboard each other that way, which is great. And I just said I could see his face. I knew when I asked him some real questions, he was uncomfortable for it. I also knew that I could easily uh, strip him down with the use of the Constitution, and I'm not going to do that because what I see in front of me is a sincere man that means to do the right thing. Now, if he was insincere, my wife would get on the show, and Tim, you could probably uh, do the same thing. But I'm good at that tearing down. I'm good at that breaking down. I'm good at making... um, people that want to play with me this small. And I'm not saying that in a prideful manner. That's one part of my gift. Well, the other side of the gift is I don't get the opportunity very often to actually deal with sincere people where I know that the Lord is using me to speak to their hearts in the sense of, uh, the function of my ministry, I spend more time breaking people down from their pride and their arrogancy and what they think they know. You know, scripture says, take heed that you stand lest you fall. Well, that's not what I was dealing with here. And one of the things Tim said back to me, folks, was this. He said he was taught wrong. And that's exactly what I was dealing with yesterday. But it still didn't distract me from asking him real questions So we went through our interview, and it kept getting more real and more real and more real. And then he tried to revert back to, well, I'm on here to talk about my book, which was great. Uh, And we were, but people are hungry for the truth. And if you're one of those judges, a sincere good judge, good government, which we love here at thesonsoflibertyradio.com, people have some questions for you. And I noticed during the breaks, I started seeing people line up questions about, wait a second, did he just say this? And did he just say that? He did. And I was already on track with what they were thinking. So I went back to our forefathers, came back. But this is what Thomas Jefferson said, Judge Boonstra. This is what the Constitution says, Judge Boonstra. And I kept bringing it back to him is in the sense of the Constitution because people want to know why the courts have become subversive and why is it that the good judges haven't stood up against them or taken a stand against them. So we just went back and forth. And then after the show, I called up Judge Boonstra. And he's, like I said, I know that I handled the guy the right way. Uh, I didn't want to strip him down because he is a judge. There's probably a thousand different directions he could have took me where he could have stripped me down. But when it comes to the Constitution, I'll tell you what, I'm going to hold to that. I'm going to hold to the law and the prophets, because the minute we get away from the law and the prophets and the U.S. Constitution, not all of it, but what's based on canon law, where the Lord's plain understanding of right and wrong are in play, I am going to hold to it until death, if need be, in Jesus' name, by his grace. But I just, I thought it was a great opportunity. I had a lot of fun. I got to say this too. The response of the people was just like, it was mind blowing to me because uh, first of all, I'm not an interviewer. I'm a proclaimer, but there is times where I want to have that interaction where we get the opportunity. So this guy opened the door wide for us guys. And I wanted to open that door and go through it. And I did that. But the people said, you know, this is the best podcast you've ever done. Uh, People were saying that was the best show via email. And I'm thinking, really? Really? And I want to tell you why, because it's what the people needed for that time. And by the way, P.S., and and, and I'll hold my peace after this, Tim. I got on the phone with Judge Boonstra yesterday and I said, I'd like to have you on the show again because people are thirsty for answers concerning what's going on inside of government. And I said, who better to bring it than a judge or a said representative, which you represent both. Um, And he kind of chuckled a little bit. And he said, really? So he was unaware of that. I think people are so pigeonholed into what they do, just like we were talking about yesterday, Tim, our conversations don't stop after the radio show. No, our fight goes on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and it's hard to have a conversation outside of where your heart is, and uh, it's one of those situations, I believe, with Judge Boonstra, too, that he's surrounded by judges. He's encompassed by this constant indoctrination that's being thrown down on him that he has to Obey the Supreme Court, regardless of what they say, or the state Supreme Court in Michigan, regardless of what they say. When we just got to come back and say that's not true, we have Article 6, uh, Section 2, which is the Supremacy Clause under God. We're supposed to obey Him because, as you said, Judge Boonstra, our rights come from God, and liberty is the right to do what the law permits. We're to obey Him over that of the subversive courts and injustices in america today so i had a good time doing it what was your take on the show tim yeah i mean i had some red flags too i was
5: like you have to you you're you're bound by higher courts I, i you know i my thought was um okay i can see that when they can point to law but I've said it over and over and over again. If people go and read some of these opinions, and that's what they call them, you hear it in the news. They go, the dissenting opinion was written by, and the majority opinion was written. Okay, well, it's an opinion. It's not law. And I think people got to get that through their head because we've been indoctrinated as a people that the Supreme Court somehow makes law. My goodness, we've been indoctrinated to believe the executive branch makes law. No, it doesn't. Neither one of those do. The, The Constitution says... All legislative authority resides with the Congress. And so if it hasn't been—and and this was something we were doing with OSHA, and I'll, I'll address that other in a minute. But this is something we did. I was speaking with um, you know, our friend Don Brown, uh, attorney over here in uh, Charlotte, and, uh, and he was talking about that. And he was talking about how they, they do these things, and, and what Congress did was they, they uh, passed on their authority to OSHA. Well, they don't have the authority to do that in Article 1. We did not give them authority to say, hey, we separated the branches of government for a reason. Not so you can sit here and hand off your authority that we gave you to the other branch so they can just all of a sudden become corrupt into themselves uh, so that they can do whatever they want and cover for themselves. That's not what we're about. But he was saying that's what they did, right or wrong. He says, I know the Constitution doesn't say they can do it, and it's wrong. But he says, this is what they've done. This is what's been established. And he says, you've got to break that mindset of the people who go in there and deal with it. And so when OSHA passes, brings these mandates, then you've got the Supreme Court that comes around. And I'll guarantee you, just like all of the other Supreme Court rulings— what they'll do is they won't cite the Constitution, they won't cite the Founding Fathers, they won't cite the Federalist Papers. We, we've got all that that tell us what what they meant by what they wrote. They won't do that. What they'll do is they'll make they'll give um they they'll give a little trivial sentimentality to the First Amendment or something like that. They'll they'll say the First Amendment, but they won't expound upon it what it is. And then they'll jump ahead through a bunch of case law and stuff like that. And they'll jump ahead uh, to to laws that have been passed recently, and they'll, they'll base it on that. I'll give you an example, Hobby Lobby. When Hobby Lobby won, they didn't say, well, this is constitutional because the First Amendment says this, government can't do this, and our founders said this, this, and this, and this. What they did was they jumped to like 1993 to a bill yep. that Bill Clinton wrote, and they said, well, this is what we're going to base it on. Well, that's not how you determine whether something's constitutional, whether it's lawful or not. That's not how you do it. And you know, so, they're
1: authority from God to man is what they're doing. That's right. That's exactly they right. Want, and they want the people to see that but not understand it. And if you don't know the Word of God, it's easily done. And that's what the Pharisees did. And it was the Pharisees that crucified the Christ along with the Herodians. Um, John 1915. Going back to the judge and, and basically piggybacking off of what you're talking about, Judge Boonster started talking about the evolving of the Constitution. No. Uh, precedent. No. Uh, I need to submit to the bar. No. Um, this is what I'm talking about Has how to ease, or, or should I say, as how he has to or as to how he's been um, conditioned by the circle that he's in. And I suspect in with our representatives of what as well, they live their pigeonhole lives. they're inundated by their controllers and you see the same thing over here and I'm not saying it's done purposely or inadvertently, but if the bad guys can get away with it, you can rest assured they're going to keep doing it. I had I had a problem with some of this stuff, too, especially when I brought up the point like the common sensities of, you know, what the courts are doing with abortion. No, it's never been established as law. The Bible says thou shall not kill. We shall not be deprived of life, liberty. Um, and I'm talking about Article 5 of, or the Fifth Amendment of the Bill of Rights. And in putting that up uh, uh, to scripture, we have a Christian judge that's giving way to man in disobedience to God. Okay. He doesn't know that. Okay. So guess what I have to do? All scriptures given by the inspiration of God for what? Correction, instructions uh, in righteousness and reproof as well. And I want to love him enough to tell him in a really cool way, the things that I did tell him, I will have him up on the radio again, on social media platforms. I don't know how willing or how far he's willing to go. But if I can't get him to go all the way, we won't have him again. But if I can, I'm gonna do it but uh, I guess the the bottom line here is I think we got a good example of why we're in trouble in this country today is because we see that the authority's been shifted from God to man and that's by the way that responsibility lays to the church uh, the church's feet because what we see is that the first the, uh, kings 13:33 these said preachers of the day that are popular they've been put up by the same powers, to go along and coincide with the orders that they're giving not only the Supreme Court, uh, but to our said representatives as well, in teaching the church to bow to man rather than to Christ. There's the problem.
5: Yeah, yeah, and let me say, let me give props to uh, to Judge Boonstra, because I, I thought it was great that he was willing to interact uh, with you, not name-call you, not shout you down uh, like uh, some uh, false prophet uh more Marilla would do I'm sorry, uh, yeah i th- no, the response was completely different and it, and I think that's what you meant by the sincerity. Here's one of the things too i you know that that I mentioned in our conversation yesterday too about that was you know Moses set aside because he couldn't handle all the people's problems, they knew what the law was, and so he was to set aside. Uh, a certain amount of people, I think it was broken down by thousands, hundreds, fifties, and then they set the judges in there to take over what he couldn't, and the only time he was to hear something if it was too hard for them to figure out. But they all knew the law. It was pretty simple. There wasn't this whole long appeals process of stuff. Uh, They knew what the law was. They were accountable to the people. They were accountable to Moses, too, and to God. Uh, And so there wasn't all of this political language that's used in it. There wasn't all of this administrative kind of law. It was like, well, we got a pretty simple law here. It fits in this little book right here. I mean, it's not like it's a lot. It's not It's. it's not even as—well, it's a little bit bigger than the book of Jude, okay? But it's, it's not hard to understand. And so—and and, and especially when you get into judiciary, when you start looking at them, at least at a federal level— they're very limited in the things they hear anyway. A lot of stuff that's going to the Supreme Court has no business in the Supreme Court at all, at all. And then other things go there and they totally ruin it. Like you're talking about the Roe v. Wade, and uh, we we talked about the um, was it the Oberfeld case, uh, which was, you know, they said legalized sodomite marriage no it didn't it gave a ruling in a situation concerning taxation which shouldn't have been in the first place and if people will go back and read when taxes first came into being among the people with, with King Saul and all that it wasn't spoken of as a good thing folks it was spoken of as a bad thing because God said he's going to not only tax your, the, the, the money that you have he's going to take your sons and daughters he's going to take your stuff You're, you're going to you want a king well guess what you're going to get in a man king you're going to get a tyrant Whereas with God, you got you got. There's no doubt God is a monarch. I mean, He's the king, but He is a benevolent monarch, and that's vastly different than when you get a king, who, a man king, who is a dictator and a tyrant. And that's what he he said he's going to do because he's going to he's not going to obey me. So I, I think this that's something to be said for how how we've expounded this big judicial system, and in that system, it's just what you say. They're kind of in this bubble together. Uh, when you get to the Supreme Court, almost all those guys are in that. They're in that little clique of the nine guys. Now they interact with some people, but basically they're in that little bubble, and uh, they're they're not living life like everybody else. they well, have forgotten that.
1: Well, you can even see with the injustices on the court. I mean, how pathetic! Uh, I mean, who gave them the right to say murder your babies when God said thou shall not kill? Um, Who gave them the right to say, take away prayer. And when the Bible says praying always with the spirit and supplication. I mean, they have literally countered scripture and mocked scripture every step of the way to see how far the people in this country would go along with them. Uh, now to the point where they say, "Well, oh, remove the Ten Commandments. That's okay. The court said so. That's called oligarchy. That's where few rule over many. Then they said, okay, well, they let us do this, so let's just go ahead and, well, let's say men can now marry men and women can now marry women. I mean, that is so unthinkable to suggest that a judge is supposed to submit to what the Supreme Court says when the Constitution and common sense come into play, not in that order, to stand against it. Article 3, Section 1 tells us, Tim, that judges are supposed to sit during good behavior. And by the way, I'm not condemning Boonster in any sense of the word. I think he's a great guy. I'm just sharing with you right now the flags that I had during that conversation that I addressed. And, uh, you know, so when, when we're hearing that the court's subversive to the U.S. Constitution, but we're supposed to still submit to the said justices, Uh, Well, we better understand they're subversive to American government. And those unelected bureaucrats sitting in the court right now, they're doing what they're told as well. And notice how the the Supreme Court uh, were, were led to believe they're the final say and they can stay there for as long as they want. Baloney, baloney. But you can see that they're taking their dictates to drive the narrative of whatever is advantageous to the global order or to continuously Europeanize us. And that's exactly what the courts got a long history of doing. And it's exactly what they mean to do on January 7th with the vaccine mandate as well. Are we to submit to that in this conversation with Boonstra yesterday, in this conversation that we're having right now? According to the word of God, no. Romans 12, 21, Ephesians 5, 11. According to the Constitution, absolutely not. Um, and again, I think it really comes down to man has shifted his his uh, servitude, his heart from God to man and now we're getting what we deserve and you can see what man initiates or or tries to append on the coattails of God godlike right they they all call themselves Christians until you judge them by their fruit second Corinthians 11. Uh, 14 and 15, Matthew 7, 16, just giving you a scripture in reference to what I'm talking about right now. Uh, It's nothing could be further from the truth, Tim. We got to hold to what our forefathers established, because if we go outside of that, we're going to get what we have coming today. And more is coming. If we don't put a stop to it, we need to really what it is. We need to purge our government and every facet of our government yep. in every branch of our government from the top to the bottom and the people in this country need to take back their government and i want to say this for anybody that thinks that that sounds like an insurrectionist uh well let me tell you what my little my, my friend that has chains from the top of his head to the sole of his feet i'm trying to do my best to make sure those chains that you're willing to put on yourself are broken off as well we need the help And we need the help of the 350 million people that claim a good portion of them, 86% that claim that they love God. We need those people to actually start practicing what they preach and take back our government because our forefathers told us through the Declaration of Independence, that's exactly what we're supposed to have have done with the people that subversed the Constitution. And that's what's happening today. So we need to do this lawfully. And we need to do this right. And if we do it God's way, we're going to have a reformation. If not, we're going to have a revolution and we're going to have a war. But I see the people are are willing to open their arms up and say, no, we're going to continuously refuse the Lord and his way. Uh, Bring on the war. Well, guess what, friends? The war is coming. We're already in the war, but the war is going to become worse and worse. And the judgments are going to get harder and harder until the people bend the knee to whatever extent that the Lord needs to go. He will go. And don't sit there and tell me about how he's not a merciful God, when in fact, he's nothing but a merciful God.
5: Amen. That's exactly right. You know, you were speaking about Europeanizing us, and uh, just to give people an understanding of what that is, and talking with one of the guys that was helping Kate over there in England, he said, Tim, can you get us some cases from America where this has been done, this has been done, this has been done? I said, why do you need cases from America? He said, because they listen to cases from America. And I'm like, what in the—you're your own country, you're your own jurisdiction. Why aren't you pulling from that and, and just upholding the law? What, what, well, that's not how things work. And I'm just sitting there going, my goodness. But you said this about take it, purging the government. This was something we made mention of the other day. This is from the Declaration of Independence. And people will notice— We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. So, what are governments instituted among men for? For securing these rights, the, the rights that you have from God, because you have duties to perform. You don't have rights just to go do whatever you want. You have duties to perform. And so, since you have duties to perform, government's not allowed to touch your rights because you're to do your duty before God. Okay? Just to, so people understand, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government, and, uh, from the government, And then, this is what Bradley's talking about. We talked about this earlier in the week, too, that whenever any form of government, becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people. See, the people have rights. Government doesn't have rights. They have delegated authority, yeah, but they don't have rights. It is the right of the people to alter or to abolish and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. So Bradley is not talking about insurrection. And neither was I. He's not talking about you know some kind of revolt. What we're talking about is, wait a minute, guys, you work for us. You're our employees, and we're coming to fire you. That's what we're talking about. And in the process of firing, because you have transgressed the law against the people, you've committed crimes against the people— the people are going to hold you accountable criminally, and that's part of what the Constitution offers for prosecution as well once you get them out of office. So I want to make sure that somebody like a Ted Cruz doesn't come along and say, well, these guys are domestic terrorists. Not that we care what he says, but I want to make it plain as to what Bradley's talking about. That's exactly what he said. That's exactly what I said. Bradley, let's get ready to close out the show. You want to give a final word of exhortation to the people?
1: Yeah, I, I was just going to say, Tim, what you were talking about with Ted Cruz. Uh, I called Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, one, one of the said representatives that's playing a defender of the rights of the people in this country. I would love to get her on the radio show and ask her why she's fleecing uh, the people where she's aggrandized $4 million worth of wealth onto herself through her fundraisers by playing the victim when, in fact, she's already put in a position to uh, basically deal with the bad guys. Uh, she failed to re- uh, give us a call back. I would love to have Ted Cruz on. I I know he thinks he's cute, but I also know that Ted Cruz speaks from his head. He's a patronizing fool is what he is. He truly is. Uh, And when I say that, I'm not saying it to demean him. No, he's done that all on his own. If you pay attention to, again, what the law states and look at what Ted Cruz does or doesn't do, you're going to understand exactly what I'm talking about. I'd love to have Ted Cruz... On the radio show. I'd love to have him uh, come in an insincere spirit so I could bring it the way that I know how to bring it and strip him down in front of the people concerning the common sensities of common law, which uh, basically wars against what he is trying to establish through his lawlessness and his puppet masters. Um, we've had so many people, Jim Jordan's another one I'd love to have on. We've had Trey Gowdy on. Uh, I would love to have other politicians that are, listen, I would love nothing more than to have a Donald Trump on this program. But I can tell you this right now, and, and what's funny about it is people would sit there and say, oh, he would tear you to pieces. I, I don't think you understand the the understanding that we have as a ministry not just myself, different giftings, but as well as Tim Brown in the common sense understanding of how to strip these people down when it comes to what they're supposed to uphold. Because there is a different conversation. There is a political language that has been created that they all speak that's completely unconstitutional. They have hoodwinked millions and millions of people with this new language, which is unconstitutional. And that's all I'm proposing right now is in in answer to what you were talking about, Ted Cruz. I I would love to get some of these guys on the show, but I want people to understand that they're unwilling to come on the show. And if I was them, I'd be unwilling to come on the show, too. And um, so I don't want people to think that when we're talking about these said representatives, that we're not also giving them the opportunity to get on the show with us. Because I'm more than willing to have them. And and for one of your listeners, one of your viewers on social media platforms, if you want to take me to task or you want to take Tim to task, get one of these guys up on the show and and let's have at it And, and give us an opportunity to show you what the Constitution is made out of in the face of that political language that they continuously parrot which is completely unconstitutional. So my two cents is this, Tim. What we see is that the people have exchanged their God with government today, and they better get it right for their own sakes. And that's not coming from me as a threat. That is plain common sense scripture that either we're going to get back under the covering in Christ or else we're going to have to deal with the wrath in such a fashion. And I believe that we're at the beginning stages of things getting much worse right now if the people do not repent before God, Acts 20, verse 21. That's my two cents.
5: Amen, amen. Bradley, we appreciate you joining us this morning, getting up extra early for us uh, to come on. We really do appreciate the exhortation that you give and the message that you gave. Guys, tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., we're going to have Kate Shimarani on. I don't know exactly what we're going to be talking about just yet. I'm going to get that today. I don't know if we'll have a special guest like we did last week. But tomorrow at 11 a.m., if you're in the Gaffney, South Carolina area, we would love I'd I'd love to meet you. Okay, if you're a listener to the show or whatever, uh, if you want to come and uh, and join us in the protest at Chick-fil-A, remember, don't park on their property. Okay, there's places around you can park on. Stay on the sidewalk. Don't get on their property. We're not there to attack the individual people. We're there to call out the tyranny that's being forced down from the corporate office in Georgia. And, uh, you know, the reason I'm doing it there is because that's where my kids work. And so if you want to come join us, bring your own sign. If you're in agreement with that, love to meet you. And uh, we're going to be out there during the lunch hour, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. We're going to live stream it. So if you can't make it, say you know i don't want anybody flying in from minnesota or michigan i told bradley he could come on into that but uh, i don't want to have that going on if you want to come and join us i'd love to meet you love to stand alongside with you uh, as we do that because our our desire is not to chop them down our desire is to say you need to really rethink what you're doing here and we're going to play a lot of different stuff we're going to speak about a lot of different things especially with the tests with the shots with the unconstitutionality of OSHA, with the unconstitutionality of the mandates, what mandates are. We're going to be trying to educate as much as we can. I'm going to have something, a device or something, some paper, where I can just pull off so I stay on script because I'm going to tell you, I will be a scatterbrain, and I don't want to do that. I want to give good information to the people there so that they can make a decision as to whether or not they're going to follow along with the tyrant or they're going to oppose him, even if it costs them something. Okay, And if you don't know anything about the cost— Listen to yesterday's morning show, Count the Cost of Standing Against the Tyranny that's at hand today. And anyway, catch Bradley, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, com, And uh, we'll talk to you in the morning, Lord willing, 8 a.m. See ya.